being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, hour number two, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive, Charlie Grimes, and Larry Unger. Question of the day, by the way, is what is the best and or strangest thing that you uh, picked up alongside the road? And it doesn't have to be on the road. It could have been, you know, on a trip or something along those lines. Or some of you guys have even received packages in the mail that were rather strange. And anyways, whatever it happens to be, let us know. 303-477-5600. That's the question of the day. Got a few text messages I'll answer along those lines as well. Or I'll read you guys, I should say, along those lines. But first, it's Nels in Fort Collins. Go ahead. You're up next. Hey, yeah, so I got a 77 C10 Bonanza, and driving down the road a couple weeks ago, and it just quits on me. It acts like it's out of gas, but it, I know it had gas because the tank was full. And so we get home and uh, figure it's the fuel pump, so we put a little electric fuel pump in there, a 4 PSI one, and go to start it, and it's not getting any fuel in there, so we blow some air through there, figure the lines drained out when it doesn't have the fuel pump on there but it does that every time you go to turn the vehicle on it doesn't doesn't start pumping fuel unless you put some air in the tank so so real quick nels what pump did you use and where did you mount it uh we got a little four psi electric pump i'm not sure what the brand is it a rotary pump or is it a piston pump i think it's a piston pump okay take that off and put a put this part number pump on it p Six zero four three zero. Napa sells it. It's a Carter brand. That's the part number. P six zero four three zero. It's a rotary pump. Put it in line. Put it as close to the tank as you can, and it will fix your problem. Okay. Let me write that down here. P six zero four three zero. Okay. Napa sells them. They'll have them up there in Fort Collins. And uh, they should stock them. It's a pretty common uh, pump to stock. And it's a rotary pump. And you don't have to un- unhook the old manual pump. It will run through the manual pump if you just want to leave it on the vehicle. But most likely, originally, you probably started vapor locking, and you just haven't quite cured it yet. And that pump you put on will not cure vapor lock. Right. Okay. There's no, they, they, don't, they don't push enough. Um, and they, believe it or not, they, will even vapor lock themselves at times. Yeah, they don't draw enough. Nope. They're, they're not able to draw enough where the rotary pumps are. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, every time you go to turn it on, you have to yep. close Very common, by the way. I mean, this is something that, you know, real, literally in the shops, we worked on those things, you know, constantly in the late 70s, early 80s. That was a very, you know, very, very common problem on that truck. Anything with the carburetor. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we did a lot of those back in the day. I mean, honestly, I used to stock, and this is not an exaggeration, yeah. Nels. Back in the day, I would keep two to three of those on the shelf at any given time just as a shop, not a parts store, just as a shop, because yeah. that's how many would come in the door. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a problem. I, didn't, I yep. guess it's pretty good this far, then, without that. 
Yeah, yeah, you actually have done very well. I mean, something was very unique on it to make it work. And and again, they weren't all that way. You know, my old 72 GMC that I, you know, restored, and it just has the regular mechanical pump on it, and it'll still, that stupid truck, I can go out there, even if it sits for two months, I can go out there, crank it a few times, pump the carburetor, and it'll fire right off. So, yeah. I, you know, it, some just worked. Yeah. And now that one, by the way, that's a truck, though, where the tank is still behind the seat. So it's got a pretty good gravity flow right. coming out of it that I think helps with a lot of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's got dual tanks, 220. Yeah, and, and those, were, those were yeah. worse. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it because of the plumbing that was underneath, and it got hot by the exhaust, you know, as well nails. And so, yeah, those that was very, very common on those. Yeah. Yeah, I got problems with the left tank. It wouldn't draw at all out of the left tank, but out of the right tank, it would do it. Change the Maybe. change the switching valve over. It's bad, also. Yeah. Okay. That's another common problem they had. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to do that then too. And that and, that, and again, Napa. Yeah, I shouldn't say they stock. They used to stock those. I'd have to look online and right. see if that's a common part. I mean, they used yeah. to have a you know they'd have four or five on the shelf, but I don't know anymore. Yeah, I was just looking for one for an F two fifty, a later model, a ninety two. And I was not able to find it through Napa. So, yeah, though that's yeah. a diff. Yeah, they're getting so, they're getting harder on those. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and my point on that too, Nels, if you can find that, go ahead and you know buy two of them. Yeah, if you're you going to keep that truck long term, yeah. buy a couple and have yeah. it because that was a very common problem also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I've heard that you can get a lot of those old parts from it from LMC. LMC. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. I don't know about that switch valve though. I, I that one I'd have to check, Nels. I don't know on that one. Okay. What year is that truck? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Okay. I I don't know. Um, the mechanical pump is it a two-line or a three-line pump? It's a two-line. Okay. okay. So it's just a three-port switch then. Yeah. 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 Because the two in, one out. Yep. And by the way, that one, that one I still see all over. It's still available. You should be able to buy that one. I'm looking at it right now. You can buy them pretty much everywhere. Guess they built them. Yeah, built enough of those. Of yeah, those there's, 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 still, there's still some extra stock of those kicking around, so you can find that. That's good. But an electric pump is probably better for it. Well, you still need that. You yeah. still need the switch valve. But, yeah. yeah, the electric. what the electric pump does, Nels, is it just keeps circulating because that does have a return on it. It just keeps that fuel circulating and avoids the vapor lock. Okay. Keeps pressure on the on the mechanical pump basically, so mm-hmm. it can it doesn't lose its prime. Okay. So this time of the year, especially when it's hot. You yep. Need yep. That fuel boils quicker than anything on those mechanicals. Yep. And the other thing that you'll find is depending upon where you buy, you know, fuel at will will help or or hurt that problem as well. And you know, it's not that we all have you know bad fuel today. That's what a lot of folks would say. Well, the fuel's not as good today. Eh, that's not necessarily the case. It's just the design of those vehicles. And we and we took the lead out. So that's the other thing that happened is the lead did help with the vapor lock issue. We just don't have leaded fuel anymore. And that's where, that's where that problem got to be a real, real big deal in the late 70s, early 80s, because that's when we pulled the lead out. Yep. Yeah. So as long as you don't buy gas from the cheap corner gas station, probably be okay. I yeah I mean I don't like that period just because in a lot of cases you don't know what you're buying uh I, yeah I'm a top we, we talk about it on here all the time I'm a top tier fuel guy buy sure. the top tier stuff yeah which least, anymore is almost 90 percent of our stations yeah at least at yeah. least that truck will run on anything you put in the gas it's tank the plus side much, but <laughs> yep. yeah yeah put diesel in there and it'll run on it that truck's gonna be worth money too now so keep it up keep it running keep it you know keep it looking good and sharp because that truck's appreciating daily not depreciating 
Yeah, well, it's a Bonanza too, and they only made yep. a limited number. Yeah, no, that that truck is. Uh, what, what? Just out of curiosity, what color is it? It's blue. It's nice. spray paint. That's okay. That I mean, again, that's a truck too. As time goes by, if you you know if you decide to put a little money into it and even do some paint and body work and so on, you're going to get all that money back out at some point. So that's a truck worth you know continuing to put a little money in and. And if you drive it or restore it or do whatever, it's not going to go down in value. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who owned it before me, he was an old retired veteran, and he just, that's all he had to do was work on the pickups. So nice. He put quite a bit of time and money into it. Nice. No, I mean, that again, that that's a great truck, so you, you've got um, you got no issues there. And I did also look for Grin, so Napa still sells that, that uh, valve, and uh, LMC... Uh, they actually list it, but I'm not sure that they've got. I'm looking real quick to see if they have stock or a lot of their stuff right now on those tanks. I looked last week were were in back order. No, their selector valve is also in stock. So again, you're going to find that valve, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Good. I have to go get one of those and put that on there. And, and now again, Napa, if they don't have it, they can pull out of the warehouse pretty quick for you. Yeah, and okay. of course, if any of those rubber hoses are cracking or anything like that, make sure you can't have any leakage even if it's a suction leak that'll cause all kinds of issues so make sure all that rubber hose is in good shape and you know hopefully it is the other thing too nels it was a misconception back in that day is a lot of technicians even would replace steel line with rubber line thinking that it would cool better and make the vapor lock problem go away it actually made it worse so if you've got excess of rubber line put steel line in place of it yeah okay yeah, it's got steel line. Good. Pretty much ever. Good, because a lot, a lot of technicians back then, literally, that you'd see them replace steel with rubber, thinking for some odd reason it was better, and I don't know why they thought that, because it made it worse. Yeah. 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 Well, as long as the steel doesn't rust, it uh, works pretty good. Yeah. Correct. Definitely. And in Colorado, you don't get too much problems. With no, that. no, we don't have too much issues there at all. Right. Good stuff. Okay. All right, Nels, thanks. Great call, by the way. We appreciate that. Anything else, folks? Question of the day, what's the best roadside find you've ever had, or even the weirdest, for that matter? 303-477-5600. We'll be right back, though. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Now's the time to take advantage of Geno's Napa Break Special. This month, get a $50 Napa prepaid Visa card with a qualifying Napa Breaks parts purchase of $250 or more. For over 38 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. At Geno's, their team recommends checking your brakes every 5,000 miles. Stop in this week and they'll check your brakes for free. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, the Geno's team will back up their work with Napa's nationwide peace of mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop off your car and pick it up when ready. Geno's continues their public service work, partnering with Hands of the Carpenter and donating work on vehicles for single mothers or women in need. Check out all their Google reviews for a good snapshot of their business. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. 
some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, Trial Tested, Trial Ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, uh, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, myself, Ken Rackley. Somebody called in, by the way. We were talking about folks that are, you know, going off on trails and doing things and so on. That kind of became a topic today as well, which great topic, by the way. And I apologize, as an iPhone user, uh, when you've got your phone near you, even if you don't have the ability to unlock it. So say I'm, you know, laying on the side of the road or I'm in an accident, somebody grabs my phone. With an iPhone, it's built into the health app where you can put in all of the pertinent information about who to contact you, you know, in in the case of any health issue, whatever, all of that can be put into the app. I did not realize this, but if you're an Android user, you have to download an app for that. And it comes from the Google Play Store, and I believe they're called an ICE app. Just look for the ICE app is what I'm reading here, and somebody actually called in and told us this. So, by the way, thank you for doing that. We appreciate that. So if you are an Android user and you don't have that app, I would highly recommend you get it, put all of your information into it. As a lot of you have mentioned today, you know, you want ID with you or you want, in this case, it gives you even more than ID. It tells somebody that's, that's maybe looking at you, what do you have going on? You can put in blood type, all sorts of things yeah. along those lines. And I would ad- highly advise you all to have that information in there. So yeah. just food for thought. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that my daughter's got me, So I always wear a Garmin watch when I'm riding and uh, riding or running or whatever. I was any, any activity, basically I've got my watch on and it's a little, little card that goes onto the band. It's, I mean, it's, it's Uh, it's stainless steel and it's got both their, or two of my daughter's phone number and my wife's phone number on it. You know, I mean, it's right. Nice. If they just happen to look at that. It's right there. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else texted in that uh, said, I'm not sure this qualifies. We're asking about the question of the day being, what's your best find on the side of the road? Weirdest, best, whatever. And this person says, not sure this qualifies, but my family find of all times is my uncle worked for a sign company in Denver years ago. He made a sign uh, where the letters were 18 inches tall, solid gold, for a bank in downtown Denver. 
Many years later, he was in a junkyard, and out of the corner of his eye, he saw this sign <laughs> with about eight coats of paint over those old solid gold letters. Wow. He bought the sign back for 15 bucks. <laughs> and by the way, that's got to be one of the best there, uh, yeah, finds uh, ever. I, one, you know, being placed at the right Amazing. Yeah. So good story, by the way. So again, we're asking, you know, what's one of your greatest finds, or you can have a story like that as well and let us know what it is. But uh, that's pretty cool. That's that's solid. So hey, thanks. And by the way, all of you texting, we appreciate that. You can text us more stories 307 200 8222. Lines are open, by the way, if you want to call in and give us your story. Uh, 303 477 5600. Something I want to talk about. We got a break in the action here, real quick. I want to mention is this. I've said this now for weeks. I've been talking about it during the week, but used car prices are an all-time high. Why? Because there's no new cars. And a lot of you are saying, what do you mean there's no new cars? Well, if you haven't noticed, drive by most dealership lots, and with the exception of maybe there's a few Korean companies, Hyundai, Kia, that have a few cars on the lot, but even they are starting to diminish in in inventory. Unless you're talking high-end luxury-type vehicles, most lots are empty. Toyota, as of last Tuesday, had a nine-day nationwide supply to supply their dealers with. So what I'm getting at here is by July even, in fact, even the Colorado Auto Dealers Association is saying that by July, you're not going to find too many cars in stock across the board here in Colorado. And they're saying it could take a year or more to get that caught back up. I say all that to say this. The other thing that I have noticed, and I was going to ask Ken this, and I was going to get even Charlie and Larry's opinion on this because I think this is going to apply to all products, not just vehicles. I think what we're going to see in the not-too-distant future is items for sale that say pre-COVID, post-COVID. The reason I'm saying that is there are a lot of what seems to be recalls potentially coming down the pike on new cars that have been sold after covid And I think the reason for that is not necessarily the manufacturer's fault. You look at all the manufacturers, and they all deal with roughly the same amount of vendors to supply parts to build cars. Whether it's Bosch, Denso, I can go down the list. Okay, Mm -hmm. That's on the electric side. But but there's a gazillion of, of, not a gazillion, there is a limited number of suppliers on the new car side for these manufacturers. And keep in mind, they all went through COVID too. They, in a lot of cases, were also shut or also forced to shut down during COVID. They're ramping back up. And I think where some of the quality issues moving forward are going to come from is, A, they're either not fully staffed yet, thereby not able to do some of the quality control they once did, or they've hired new individuals because some folks, when they got shut down, just went and did something else, retired, found other jobs, whatever the case may be. And so I think you're dealing with people that are building some of these components that were not the same prior to COVID. And I think it's going to take some time to flush some of that out, whereby I think you're going to have a period of time after COVID, maybe it's a year or so, that the quality on a lot of products, from appliances to cars to you name it, TVs, Mm -hmm. may not be the same as they were prior to COVID. Now, It may take a little while for us to find that in the aftermarket doing the repairs and so on, but I'm already seeing some, how should I I say this? There are already some people reporting on the quality of things after COVID not being the same. Would make sense. I mean, yeah, I guess I never really thought of that, but yeah, I could see. Where I'm going with this is 
even if you find a new car today that has been built post-COVID, do you really want to buy it or do you want to keep your old vehicle running even a little bit longer, letting some of this stuff get flushed out and then go buy a new vehicle once all this is said and done? I'm more of that latter, and I think I would really, you know, really, really watch closely what I'm spending my money on right now and uh, really making sure that it's in line with, you know, what you have going on and where you want to go and so on, because last thing you want to do is buy a lemon. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a hassle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though there's lemon laws and so on in Colorado, it can be a huge hassle. Well, yeah, so. and it's not like, you know, the three strike thing, you know, where you, oh, it's it's a lemon. Well, no. That takes time. It's, yeah, right. Exactly. It takes a lot of time. It's, so, it's, yeah, no, yeah. great point. Great point. All right, Ed and Wheatridge, you're next. What's going on, Ed? Hey, John. Just wanted to share a, a great find of mine. About five years ago, me and a buddy of mine, we were doing, uh, going around looking for scrap metal, and we came across these boxes next to a trash can up off of Kipling, and we looked in there, and there was a whole communion chalice set that uh, wow. had, had all brass chalices and one silver chalice, and so I kept the silver and uh, gave the brass to my buddy there, and so I, I still have it to this day. Wow. That's a pretty good find. Yeah. 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 Any idea where it would have come from? I don't know. I think somebody was just uh, getting rid of an uh, an estate, and it was just something that they just uh, threw out. They threw out a lot of, lot of stuff. It seemed like perhaps somebody passed away or right something like that. Didn't realize actually what it was. Yeah. Exactly. But I looked at it, and it's uh, pure sterling silver. And it was worth about $150 then. I don't know what it would be today. Sure. Uh, that's, and, and, and unfortunately, those things happened. My better half was actually someplace. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to you know, set anybody off sure. here. But um, she was someplace yesterday overhearing a conversation where this was a place where things get donated. And somebody was going through an estate and didn't realize that in a box of clothing that had been donated, there was actually a gold bar along with the oh, clothing wow. in the box. So they were trying to determine where wow. did it go and was there any way of getting it back. And my gut feeling yet on that one is that gold bar, even if it, uh, let's just say it probably never made it to the floor of the uh, uh, area that uh, normally would have these items out for sale once they're donated. I'm guessing that went into somebody's pocket that was going through the items. Wow. Yeah. That thing's never going to be buddy. seen again. No. Yeah, my buddy, he was uh, unhappy about me keeping it. <laughs> so... I said, hey, you can have all those brass chalices. I'm keeping this one because I did use it uh, for communion in my own church. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice. Good job. Yeah, yeah, good story, by the way. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Appreciate that. Good stuff. Right. Dave and Centennial, let's take you before we go to uh, our bottom of the hour break. Dave, you're up next. What's going on, sir? John, it's more of a lost and found type situation. My buddies and I used to, <clears throat> when we lived in Illinois, go up to Door County in Wisconsin to go fishing and camping and um Raise all kinds of double up there. Anyhow, we're fishing off the coastline there. In June, we're going along, just a motorized boat, something simple. Got my rod in the water. All of a sudden, it's either a fish or a snag. Jerks it right off the uh, side of the boat. Lost that one, gave it up. We're back in the same spot in July, fishing the same place. Okay. I get what I, I get what I think is a bite. It's the rod and reel. You're kidding me. <laughs> wow. No, what are the chances? Right. 
I, I still have that rod and reel on the wall. I, I, I can imagine. What What are the chances of that happening? Right. That was unbelievable. We, we've been uh, out in the hot sun drinking like most crazy kids, college kids do at that time, and I pulled it up, and I said, Jerry, look at this. He goes, you got to be kidding me. Oh, <laughs> that's that's just so, no. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a story you don't yep. hear of very often. Yeah. No. Have a great day. Love hey, no, show. thanks, Dave. Good story, by the way. I, I, yeah. How often does that happen? Right. Well, I'm pulling off the side of the road and peeing on hubcaps that well, yeah, you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't find Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, keep Fine. giving us some of those answers, by the way. Question of the day is, what's the best road find, you know, you've ever, uh, you know, any could be the weirdest as well, but what's the best road find, uh, something you picked up alongside the road or, or what have you? Give us the answer. We'd love to hear from you. 307-200-8222 is our text line. Otherwise, call us, 303-477-5600. Lines are open. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we want to give you a little reminder on the best time to use a fuel system cleaner. As you ready your car for that summer road trip, make sure you top off the fuel tank with a top-tier gasoline and a fuel system cleaner like the BG44K. By cleaning your fuel system on a long road trip, you get the best possible opportunity to clean the entire fuel system while the vehicle is at operating temperature and maximum operating conditions. So, as you load up your vehicle and get ready for your summer vacation, make sure you use BG44K in your gas tank to get the best possible fuel economy for your road trip. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Call Novus Auto Glass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. 
Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. It's time to get out the grill for some all-natural mouth-watering meats raised right here at home from Barber's Foods. For over 70 years in Colorado, Barber's Foods has stayed true to their mission to provide their customers with only the highest quality organic, antibiotic-free meats from family farms they know personally. So whether you're buying beef, bison, pork, or poultry, they know where it's coming from and the families who raise the animals with care and respect. Place your order now at barbersfoods.com or call 303-466-7338. Pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse, located at I-70 and Brighton Boulevard near the National Western Center, or for those in the Denver metro area, Barber's Foods will deliver direct. Colorado-sourced bison, organic grass-fed beef, USDA prime beef, purebred wagyu, slow-raised non-GMO duroc pork, free-range chicken, non-GMO turkeys, and more. Barber's Foods, 100% Colorado native-owned and operated. Barber'sFoods.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, we're back. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive, who's just east of us here from the station, which is at, two, we're at 225 in Parker, but he's at 225 in Colfax, basically. Yep. And yeah. the traffic's getting worse over in your area every day. You know, it's... Literally. Yeah. They widened Colfax, and it just filled right back in. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, everywhere you go. I mean, I, I don't notice it any different than anywhere else I, anymore. I it's, guess that's true. You know, it's uh, drive the same roads, and it's like, okay, well, yeah. just... More people. More to deal with. That's yep, right. More exactly. people. So more people that need cars fixed. So there we go. Uh, right. All right. Mike <laughs> and Firestone, you're next, sir. Hello, John. Mike from Firestone. How you doing, sir? Doing well. Good. So we've got a. Uh, I got a story for you of a lost and found pickup part. Let's hear it. We have a. We have a trailer that's made from the back end of a '76 Chevy pickup. Okay. Sure. Dad. Dad and I were coming back from a farm auction, and it was hot, and I mean hot, and we had lumber. And, you know, you're not supposed to do this. The lumber was longer than the trailer, so the yep. tongue was too light, and you're not supposed to do it. Right. Well, we did it. It's hot, and I mean hot. <laughs> that thing starts fishtailing, flings all the lumber into the ditch, and we sweated our heads off getting that lumber out of the ditch back into the pickup box trailer. The last two-by-four, Dad brings up with this huge grin on his face, got a piece of lumber in one hand, then an old beat-up Chevy hubcap in the other and with a huge grin he said look at this son it fits our trailer perfect and popped it on there unreal that's <laughs> it funny. looked like a 12 year old kid at christmas <laughs> unreal <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah i mean what are the chances i mean that's another one of those you know what are the chances it's just it's amazing and then, isn't it funny how sometimes just the littlest, tiniest thing yeah. will just turn your day around and put a grin on your face? You're right. Yes, exactly. Yes, I can agree. <laughs> right. yeah. Have a good weekend. That's Thank a good story. Too. Mike, no, thanks. Appreciate it very much. You know, you don't see as many of those as you once did, Ken. The pickup, you know, the, the pickup box turned trailer. Right, yeah. You exactly. Why is that? Because there's enough trailers now made that yeah. you don't need to? Is that well, it? I mean, you look at probably what it would take to convert one of those. I mean, bend in the frame, you know, right. you know, fabricating all that stuff. And then, yeah, you is it buy because thousand... we have the ability to buy more trailers now than sure. we used to? Is that it? Yeah, you think? I mean, I, you know, my, what was a six by 10 trailer was a thousand bucks. You know, you can't build that. For and that. that's with new tires and yeah, I mean, wood deck, I mean, all that stuff, ramp. I mean, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's and probably not why. having to have a differential. You're dinking 
with yeah. oil in and all that because that's right. what those old pickups had was just an yeah. old differential underneath exactly. there for the axle, right? Yeah, yeah. You just I, drug it behind you. Yeah, so you figure the the time and effort it would take to build something I like that. I still think they look and, cool, but whatever. Yeah, you know. It's, if they, you have like a uh, – my I'm growing up, my dad always had a – we had a 72 GMC Jimmy, and he had found a, a short box truck – uh, same vintage. Oh, okay. And yeah. so we had a trailer that was all done up, painted, had a little camper shell on it, and it looked exactly like the Blazer, only yeah. it was just the back end of it. And we would yeah. put those two together sure. and always got tons and tons of compliments because of how they matched and looked and so on. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It was really cool, but you, you don't see that anymore. No, we no. don't do that now. No, I think one of my neighbors has one. But, I, yeah, I'm just, you know, I've got my aluminum trailer and, and things like that, but. Yeah, and trailers have come. They've have come a long well, you, way. You can go to Home Depot and buy a trailer. Uh, you know, you're and, right. Uh, but of course, it might not handle. I mean, mine's a three thousand pound axle, and so I, you know, I mean, so a half ton truck is going to be <laughs> right. You know, right? Uh, yeah, great point. So, and they don't have lifted as high, and it has ramps on it. So, that's the other thing. Those pickup truck boxes sat at the same level that the pickup trucks did, which right. means. Yeah, you, the ability to load and unload wasn't the same as what right. it would be with a regular, you know, again, with a regular truck. Real quick, just for a lot of you, too, that are that are listening and maybe new to our program, and, and I've noticed this over the past few days, of course, with Memorial Day. We should have even talked about this probably a week or two ago, but I have seen in the past week especially, I don't know if I can even count them, Ken, uh, I, uh, the amount of trailers that are not, and it's not my opinion, this is a fact, that are not hooked up to the tow vehicle correctly. What I mean by that is, so last night, I'm on my way home, and there's a guy in a Volvo wagon, nice car, by the way, one of the new XC90s, nice car, and he's towing a really, really nice, one of the really nice off-road pop-up campers that you normally would see behind a Jeep or something along those lines. Sure. This thing's nice. I mean, it's got the off-road tires, it sits up high, the whole nine yards. Great trailer. Yeah. Problem is... He's got a straight ball mount coming out of the back of this Volvo XC90. So the trailer, the tongue of it is sitting down at about a 25-degree angle down. And I'm thinking, that's that's not proper, folks. No. This, this isn't how we do this. Now, after driving by it and paying a little bit more attention, I'm guessing the reason they kept the straight ball mount on it is because if it would have had a raised ball mount... They wouldn't get the hatch open. The hatch no longer opens. Right. Right. So they leave the low ball mount on, and they let the trailer dip down in the front, and they can still get the hatch open. But bottom line, that's – folks, please, that's not how this works. Straight line. You want it, everything level and, and stuff like that. Well, and me this morning coming in, there's a Dodge Dakota later model one, like probably 2007, mm-hmm. 8, 9, 10, anyway. <laughs> Towing a, a camping trailer, the bed of this pickup is loaded, and I, I – I'm guessing, I, but it's squatted. It looks like a V. I mean, the the front end is lifted on the truck. The back end squatted down, and the camper's pointed down into the hitch. It's like, no, wow, try not, to stop or yeah, make a good. quick turn on that, and it's gonna things are going to go bad. Not yeah. good. Um, I noticed even this last weekend, went up to the mountains uh, during the weekend. I had to go up to Grand B, like I said earlier sure. uh, in, in the last show or even in this show, talking about my cabin that burned, and so I met my contractor up there. Anyways. On the way up and back, notice several different vehicles where you could tell that while things were level, they still weren't loaded correctly. And what I mean by that is when you're doing 60, 55, 60, and everything's swaying back and forth, 
Something's not loaded correctly. Right, exactly. You've got something off. You've got the tail end of the trailer too heavy. It's it's, it's raising actually the front of the trailer, not the opposite. Which, if if you're gonna if you're gonna you know uh, go to the side of error, uh, make the tongue heavier. Heavier, yeah. You're exactly. at least not gonna. I mean, you don't want to squat the back end, but you want it. You want the tongue heavy. But I'd rather see the back yeah. end squatted yeah, than the than other. Lifted, yeah, exactly. So oh, yeah, yeah, because too. I, too light, that thing's all over. And I saw that on numerous mm-hmm. occasions, and one of them happened to be a U-Haul, which means that the guys at U-Haul didn't do a good enough job of explaining this is how the trailer needs to be loaded, otherwise you're going to end up on the right. side of the road. You know, because folks, what happens is they get to whipping around, and they get to fishtailing, and pretty soon the vehicle's on its top. Yeah, right. Well, it, that's what happens. And you hit the brakes, and it makes it worse. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. So again, just real quick, uh, one of those things just to pay attention to, and if you haul any kind of trailers, make sure things are done right, loaded right, you got the right tongue weight, and so on. Uh, I got an email as well. Jim, if you're still listening, uh, Ken and I will do our best to answer this. Uh, S2000, which I believe is a Honda, Honda, has been sitting for about six years, has about 8,000 miles on it is all. What should I do to get it running again? Uh, I have no mechanical problems whatsoever, and it's been parked in a garage. Thoughts, Ken? You know, fresh fuel first, fresh oil, uh, pretty much all the fluids. Fluids. Yeah, yeah, all the fluids, definitely. If it's been sitting six years and you haven't driven it, yes. Yeah, and hopefully it starts and runs. I mean, you know, injectors can plug up, varnish, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that, starting, starting, of course, probably a new battery. <laughs> so, I mean, all the, all the obvious. Mm. Um, tires are probably going to have some issues. Yeah. Brakes, probably not since it's in a garage, but brake fluid, definitely. Um, belts and hoses. And he's gone through. Probably, yeah. There's not a lot of miles on it, but you still need to go through because of age. Yeah, right. Well, and it's a 2000, so right. it's, yeah, 21 years old. Even though it's been sitting, those Correct. things are still, you know, the rubber's Correct. decomposing and Correct. stuff. Correct. So. Correct. We, we are a little bit more... Uh, um, not, no, immune's not the right word, but we have less issues with some of that than some of the other climates that are out yeah. there. And a lot of it, by the way, folks listening, and, and Jim, this would be the case with you as well, how climate-controlled is the garage? If the, right. In other words, if the garage is heated and things are, you know, in the wintertime where things, you don't have these huge temperature swings back and forth, well, you know, your risk of, of getting condensation and brake fluid in the engine itself and, you know, some of the other componentry is, is less then if you have, you know, it's stored outside, it's inside, but it's outside, you know, in a, in a barn type setting where you've got huge swings, hot in the summer, right. cold in the winter, uh, you know, all those have a factor as well, including the rubber and so on. So I, I probably need to ask, and Jim, if you're listening, let me know, it really depends on how was it stored inside. Right. There's a big difference between it's in the garage versus it's in a climate controlled garage. Yeah. Because they're not one and the same, folks, right. because of what I just said a moment ago. So something else to think about. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I've got a story, and Larry will appreciate this. My own story. I don't have too many of these, by the way, because I don't typically have to dink with this. But I have my own story when I come back of Air Care Colorado and what a bunch of knuckleheads they are. Oh, really? As soon as we come back. So you know what? We'll talk about them. I hate that program as it is. I've got something else to even hate them on more so. If you work for them, I'm sorry. I'll be back and talk about that in a moment. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive with me today. Larry Unger, answering phones, and Charlie Grimes, our engineer. So I got a story of my own to tell. Don't normally have to do this much because I typically can avoid AirCare Colorado through various means, and a lot of that's because of the fleet, and I've usually got people to go do things, and I don't typically have to dink with much. Yes, I'm fortunate. I'll, yeah, I don't have to. I, I don't rarely ever go. But this past week... Uh, one of my vehicles, my, I'll just tell you, my 2012, my old 2012 Corvette was due for license plates. Now it's old enough that it has to have stupid emissions every year, even though the car's got, you know, 3,500 miles or something on it. I got to go every year. Sure. So I get the little thing and decide I have to go. Well, so my better half hops in it cause I didn't have time to dink with this. So I thought, you know, get some time in the afternoon, run it down and get it tested. So she does no problem. And she had gone to a few places first cause I knew we needed to drive the vehicle. Cause I don't, you know, this is a vehicle I probably only put. Two or three hundred miles a year on it, best if yeah. I'm lucky. Last year, I don't even think it had that many. Hmm. So she goes ahead, drives it, no problem. Goes over to the emission center, gets in there. Mind you, everything is running perfectly before this, and I could have, I could vouch for that because I had seen the vehicle pull out of the shop and so on, and everything was fine prior. Gets over to AirCare Colorado, and uh, and I won't say which one because I'm not going to throw them that under the bus, but. If you want to know, you can email me, and I'll tell you, because I have no problem with that whatsoever. Anyways, gets over there. And through the course of now, they you know they do a dyno waiver because of COVID and all this nonsense. And I don't know everything that happened because I wasn't there. But what I do know is this. It leaves there with no e-test because they can't check it, supposedly, because the monitors and other things had not run, although the car had been driven prior to that. So I don't know if I even totally believe that. On top of that, 
the check engine light is now flashing and it barely runs leaving. Keep in mind, it ran perfect going in. So luckily, I don't live far from the emissions station, so it limps home. And when I get home from the station that night, I start looking at it. And, of course, I'm not very happy because when the vehicle left to it, you know, to show up there, everything was perfect. Again, the car's got 3,700 miles. Yeah. Nothing really at all wrong with the vehicle. <laughs> right. And it's in a climate-controlled garage, as we just talked about a moment ago. So anyways, make a long story short, I get my scan tool out, and I don't have the best of scan tools at home, but I have enough to where I can get by and kind of figure out what's going on. So I determine that number five cylinder is misfiring. And again, this is a 2012 Corvette with the, you know, with the, the V8, you know, 6.2 yeah. engine mm-hmm. and, you know, fuel injected and blah, 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 blah. Coil on plug. Coil on plug, plug all that uh-huh. stuff, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got a short wire, but yeah. you, you get it. Yeah. And uh, so I get to look and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Why, why, why? And, I, and as I'm listening to it run, I'm like, this thing's got spark jump. You can hear it. I'm like, that's odd. What's going on here? Yeah. So I pop the hood and I look and I got to pull the top, you know, the, the left half of the engine cover off which if you know the corvette you know they've got a plastic engine cover that says corvette on anyways i pull that pop that off and sure enough number five plug wire is completely off not slipped off but completely off and ken knows these vehicles these wires don't fall off you have a hard time getting them off thank you in one piece yeah yes yeah so as i get everything back together and i clear the code and i fire it up and i drive it a little bit and everything's great good to go perfect not a problem have not been back to AirCare Colorado yet, but I will, and I will go this time myself because I'm, I'm going to do some chewing on somebody. Because some way, somehow, in the in the midst of doing an e-test, somehow the plug wire jumps off, which Ken and I both know doesn't just happen by itself. Well, and for that test, they don't even need no. to... No, I... they don't. Yeah, You don't have to mess with any of that. Right. So I don't know exactly, again, all of what transpired because I was not there. And all I know is this, and Ken knows this from working on cars all these years as I, whenever there's a problem, you go back in time in the sequence of things that happened. And in this case, if everything was running, which it was prior to arriving, and it doesn't run after leaving, there's only one answer. Something happened while it was there. Right. So for all of you that complain and call in about AirCare Colorado at times, yeah, I have sympathy for you. Because really, they don't have the sharpest individuals working there. Larry's in here shaking his head up and down at me because he goes more than I. And, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up, but no, these are not rocket scientists that are actually doing your e-test. And if you are one of those people, and you are, great, good for you. But the rest of your cohorts aren't. Because my vehicle should have never left there and here's the other thing that happened, which, by the way, goes ev- goes against everything that should happen at an emissions test center. We were told that, oh, the, the, it's got a little bit of an engine miss now, it seems. You'll have to go to Medved Chevrolet to get that taken care of. They are by no means allowed to ever tell you what place to go take your vehicle to get it repaired. Am I right, Ken? Right. That yeah. is against the law, by the way. They yeah. are not allowed to say what they said. Right. Exactly. So. What I'm trying to figure out with all of this is, what's going on here? Yeah. Why is a dealership name being mentioned as so, to where the vehicle needs to go back to get fixed? And why has it got an engine miss? And why is the plug wire off? Yeah, right. I mean, I know why it has engine miss. The, in- the plug wire's You're off. Right, exactly. Well, why is all but, this happening, is my question. But she was actually told to yes, take it to, to go Medved. to Medvid. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Now, that's completely wrong. Yes. That I, and by yeah, the way, like I've reported that. some of that already. Yeah. Because I know the rules and I know that can't be yeah. done. 
So I'm trying to figure out what all behind the scenes is going on here. And I'm not pointing fingers because I don't know all the answers yet, so I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but it's just very strange at this point. Yeah. So my point is this. It's a reminder to those of you that go and get e-tests. They are not allowed, if your vehicle fails, to tell you where to go get that vehicle fixed. Right. Period. If somebody in the lane does so, you need to report that. Yeah. Because it's not allowed. Because what's happening then is something's either happening behind the scenes, there's some payola going on, something that shouldn't be happening, and at the end of the day, folks like Ken are out of the loop, and that's not how it's supposed to work. Right. Right? Right. Exactly. You're handed a book. These are the approved repair shops, stuff like that. So it's, yeah. And, you know, you it's up to you where you take it to. You, you don't get recommendations yep. from them. Bottom line, in this particular case, I really felt like, and I'm being honest, folks, because there wasn't a man, yes, I'm playing that card, because there wasn't a man present with the Corvette driving in, there was a lot of, of assumptions made, and in my opinion, things were taken advantage of that should not have been done, and that that should never happen getting an emissions test done. Right. Which also goes, goes back to what I always say, the whole program needs scrapped. It's not doing anything today. It's a complete waste of time, and I mean waste of time because all you're doing is being fleeced for the 25 bucks you have to spend on the program. It's doing nothing, nothing for the quality of air in Colorado. Zilch. How can I say that? Look at the average age of the vehicle on the road. Ken can attest to me, attest to the fact, like I can, that there's not enough polluted, you know, polluting type vehicles on the road today to merit having the program. Is there, Ken? Uh, you know, it's, yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, the average I age mean, of the fleet is 10 to 12 years of age, which now we're looking at vehicles that are 2010-ish, 20, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. Tell me how clean those vehicles are, Ken. Yeah, super. I mean, Thank you. If you a know, light's not on, something's not flashing, they're clean. Know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, is it is it still in effect just to keep people so they don't ignore that light? I mean... You know, you know the only. You know what I found. That's the only reason it exists. Because we tried, by the way, you know, a, a caller by the name of Mark and I actually went through some process with the legislature to try to figure out how, how, or you know, how and if we do it, do we eliminate the emissions program? And what we found is the reason we have an emissions program in Colorado is because it's meeting a federal guideline where we have to do something, quote unquote, for our brown cloud. That's it. It's the only reason. The program exists today is because, again, the federal government says, Colorado, Denver, you need to do something to make sure that your brown cloud is X, Y, Z. And and so that's what we do to, to comply with the feds. That's it. It's the only reason we have it. No other reason. I guess it's easier than leveling the mountains, maybe. It's stupid. Hmm. It really is. Wow. Why we don't have enough, I'll just say it, kahunas in this state to put the data together, to go back to the feds to say, you know what, all we're really doing is fleecing our people $25 a year for this emissions program. And I get some vehicles get an exemption because of how old they are and so on. But really, when it comes down to it, we're taxing our people at $25 a year to run a program that, frankly, we don't need. It's, so, still, it's still every two years, though, right? Doesn't it depend on the vehicle? No, huh? Every two. Is it every two years, yeah. no matter what? Uh-huh. Uh, well, unless it's eighty or uh, the age, right? Eighty-one and older. And mine should. Be, and why, I did it last year. Why I'm doing it again this year, okay. I have no idea. So I. You shouldn't I, need to. I know I shouldn't. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, maybe. I it probably need to double card. check. That. Yeah, regardless. Look, look, yeah, right. No, that's a exactly. separate issue but from still, yeah. this. Right. Yeah, and yeah, eighty. Yeah, 
Because I thought it was every other, even for my 2012, which it should be. So why I'm being told I need one this year, I shouldn't. But regardless, that has nothing to do with what happened at the emission center. No, right, exactly. That's yeah, a separate that issue, which I've got to, to research as well, by the right. way, and I will. Yeah. But bottom line, yeah. you, you, none of you should be experiencing what happened to me this past week at Aircare Colorado. Yeah. And if you are, uh, heads should roll, and they're going to roll in this case. Because as you can all tell, I'm not a happy camper. Yeah. And do I have a little clout? Mm, I think I have a little more than probably most that go in. Sure. Just because of what we're doing here and some other folks that I do know that are higher up in that area. And, and it, folks, this is just garbage. And if you've ever experienced anything like this going to Air Care Colorado, you need to make it well known and complain. And no, I'm not saying you need to be a Karen. No, this is legitimate things you should be complaining about. Yeah. You should not have to have any of these types of headaches getting an emissions test. Right. Period. Yeah. Shouldn't happen. Mm-mm. So, uh, again, I'll, I'll let you guys know the rest of the story, try to get to the bottom of it and see exactly what happened. But, yeah, in this particular case, there's no reason why they should have ever, ever even messed with the plug wire in the first place. Right. But I know this, and I know that car well enough to know those plug wires don't fall off. Right. Yeah. There's only exactly. one way they come off. Mm-hmm. They have to be pulled off. Yep. And I could also tell by the bonnet that it had been off. And Ken would know what I mean by that as well. Yeah. You can just tell by fingerprints and other things that sure. you can just tell the bonnet had been messed with. And the question is why? What, yeah. what, what are they doing? Why is that the case? Yeah, right. So I'll, I'll give you guys more of an update as I learn more about it. But if you've got any stories along those lines, let us know. Back to our question of the day. What's the best thing you have found or the weirdest thing you have found driving, something maybe you've picked up on the side of the road? A lot of you have had some great things to say today, so uh, please let us know what that is, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. we got about a minute here before the top of the hour. When I come back, I will do a new car review as well as something I drove here just recently. And keep in mind, folks, this, this uh, shortage that we've got on the vehicle end of things, a lot of you maybe know or do not know where that's coming from. The majority of that is coming from a microchip shortage that is now worldwide, and it's affecting lots of products, not just cars. But on top of that, we're also having issues in the industry with even getting you know, delivery on products, truck drivers, uh, you know, getting it from you know, the container ship from a, you know, one of the other foreign countries, which, again, a lot of parts come from, to the U.S., through customs, onto a truck, out to the supply chain. So there's lots of things right now that are affecting our ability to actually get the parts we need to fix vehicles. So here's my other, th- uh, what I'm trying to tell you guys. If you need something done on your vehicle, sooner than later is what you need to be doing. Second of all, if the, if the place comes back, if the repair shop comes back and says, hey, we're having, we're having a hard time finding X part or it's going to be X amount of time, uh, don't be mad at them. This is, is what's what going is. on right. right now in the industry, right, yeah. Ken? Yeah, yeah. We've had, we've had a few things. Well, I mean, two years ago, I would say, if I was calling on a, an item that you know might be rare or something like that, you know, back order, they could say, okay, it's going to be two weeks or maybe a month or something like that. Now they don't have a release date, right. and they said, you know. We've had these on back order for three months, yep. so we're already three months into this back order, and they've got however many to fill. They said, you know, you could be looking, you know, middle or not middle, but uh, end of the year. Yep. If if then. Yep. So. Yep. Could be sooner. That's but, right. Yeah. That's right. And but 
you know, plan with, on that, folks. With catalytic converter thefts, Which stuff like that. Chris from Brighton you know. has a story on a catalytic converter. Chris, we oh, will get okay. you as soon as we come back. Yeah. Hang tight. We're at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. Ken, we'll add to what you just said as well, because that's a big deal, folks. And you need yeah. to realize that stuff is out there and be proactive in this, not reactive. Again, yeah. we'll talk about it. One more hour coming your way. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.